providence is often mysterious and that we often ask the question, why do bad things happen to good people? In the book of Tobit, we see that even the righteous suffer. Tobit had just done a charitable deed in burying the dead the day before, and he didn't want his family to be ritually unclean. So again, out of charity, he goes to sleep out in the backyard, in the courtyard. And, you know, he had just risked his, his life to bury his fellow kinsmen, and his neighbors are mocking him, ridiculing him, and he goes to sleep, though, knowing he had done a good deed. But little did he know, near the wall, there were some birds up there, and they left their droppings on his eyes while he slept. And, you know, you can almost get a sense the way Tobit is writing this, that uh, he's almost laughing at just the ridiculousness of the situation, of, you know, how his suffering even comes about. But it causes him to be blind for four years. And then it causes problems in his marriage. Now that he's just stuck at home and now his wife is having to provide and, you know, we see this argument, again, kind of almost as if he's writing and looking back how silly the situation is. His wife is given a bonus, uh, not a cash payment, but a bonus in the form of a baby goat, and it just starts bleeding around the house. Uh, and Tobit, you know, starts arguing with her. Again, just causing more uh, problems in his life, uh, just that it almost seems like no good deed goes unpunished, is what T Tobit is uh, kind of expressing. And something that is uh, seen in a particular World War II chaplain who was a paratrooper landing in, a, landing in the Normandy invasion 79 years ago, Father Francis uh, Sampson in the 101st Airborne Division. He continually was also seeking to do good, but many things uh, seemed to always, you know, come back at him in the wrong way. He started off that night before D-Day hearing confessions of all the Catholics, and he heard confessions uh, in one airfield and then was sent to another airfield 100 miles away. Uh, and so that just left him utterly exhausted hearing all those confessions. He never, I think he said he couldn't even finish, so he ended up leaving with just general absolution for those he couldn't hear. And exhausted, you know, just wanted to sleep. Now they're about to be dropped from the sky, being bombarded into uh, German-controlled uh, France. And he lands, and again, as his luck uh, seems to have it. He lands in a deep stream and he's about to drown with his 70 pounds of gear and he, lo he loses his mask kit and his holy oils, which he needed. So he goes back down about seven times uh, to find it and finally he's able to get it at the bottom of that stream. And he continues off uh, his unit. They're all scattered. They're successful though uh, for that first night, but then after an intense battle, the, the unit needs to retreat, but in an abandoned, in a, in a certain house, there was 14 seriously wounded men who couldn't move. 
And so Father Francis volunteered to stay behind, uh, to watch over them. And so now he's, you know, he's now a medic, but he's also trying to take care of their wounds the best way he can and also make sure they survive. And so there's artillery fire coming all night. Uh, the Germans are attacking nearby, so he, he holds out a white flag uh, outside the house, and every 15 minutes, he'd go wave it to make sure the Germans knew it wasn't a trap and that there was uh, people, you know, not fighting in there. And he's praying and praying, and he said, you know, no, no one's knees ever shook as much as mine, and no heart ever beat as mine uh, in a time of danger. You know, he was afraid, but he continued to pray and comfort those wounded men. And after uh, a whole day of that, one morning, he goes out, and upon hearing a commotion, and he starts waving his white flag, and a Nazi uh, soldier, an SS unit, had arrived, and they stick a gun in his, uh, in his belly, and they proceed to march him down the road. And it seemed obvious to him that he's about to, you know, be shot. And so he starts praying. He, he, he's trying to pray the act of contrition. Uh, but he was so frightened, all that came out, all that he could keep reciting and repeating was the blessing before meals. You know, bless us, O Lord, and these thy gifts. Uh, that's all he could get out. Uh, again, he's looking back afterwards, uh, just seeing kind of the, the silliness of the situation, even in that time of suffering. And uh, they line him up against a wall, and, about, and they raise their guns, and are just as about to shoot, a German officer in the distance shoots over their heads and starts running down the road, coming to investigate why are they shooting this American. And Father Samson uh, explains uh, he's a Catholic priest, and he shows him his credentials. Um, and, you know, he's got the Red Cross armband and everything. And to his amazement, the German officer, you know, snaps to attention and salutes him and then makes a slight bow. And then he shows he, he's wearing a Catholic medal. So, you know, he has respect for this Catholic priest. And Father Francis, who was just about to die, now is being showed by this German officer his, uh, his uh, baby pictures of his children and wants him to, you know, just, he's kind of connecting with them, but Father Francis is just getting over the fact that, you know, he almost just died. Uh, but he was grateful that God saved his life through this Catholic officer. And after being interrogated, they promise them that they'll send a German doctor when they get the chance to help their wounded. And eventually they do. They do. Another German wounded end up in that house. And again, Father Francis is there uh, praying because artillery fire is just getting bombarded there. And part of the roof collapsed on two of the American soldiers. And uh, he gave, you know, He's just holding one of those boys uh, in his arms as he could hear his last heartbeat. Uh, so, you know, he's, he's going through some very dangerous things, but yet he said he saw also many beautiful things. He said there was a German soldier who lied there with a very uh, nasty wound in his stomach. And father said every time he saw him, it always just kept shocking him, you know, how bad his wound was. 
But this German soldier, despite his bad wound, saw the American nearby him, his, who was wounded, was too weak to, uh, his pillow is basically a blanket, his head had fallen off, and so his head was lying on the cold stone floor. And he said he saw this German soldier uh, periodically crawling on his back to get and help that American soldier, and even though he was more wounded. And he did die shortly after. But so, you know, you shared how there was still even those little good deeds, even in the midst of all that uh, suffering. And eventually, uh, the Germans had a retreat, and so the Americans come and start attacking the house. And so, again, just Father Francis laughs at some of these. Uh, the next thing that happens is a bullet comes in and ricochets off, off his leg, you know, grazes his leg, and it sets his pants on fire. Uh, again, you know, he's la he laughs at it looking back, but just kind of, kind of how we see with Tobit today, you know, just the, kind of the silly ways we, we suffer sometimes. Uh, but he goes out, you know, risking his life, opening the door, shouting out in English, you know, there's American wounded. And the Americans are, are amazed, you know, because they said that was the only building still standing in the area. Uh, so Father, you know, gave thanks that, you know, his prayers were answered, that they survived from all that artillery. Eventually, Father, too, also had to, uh, he was the one, if you know uh, the film Saving Private Ryan, it's based off, it's inspired by a true story of someone who, a, a soldier who had his brothers killed, multiple brothers, and there's actually a real uh, paratrooper, uh, Fritz Ryland, and it wasn't Tom Hanks sent out to rescue this paratrooper, it was actually Father Francis, who was tasked with tracking him down to have him sent home. Uh, so again, you know, just being, uh, being there for his troops. And the Lord, you know, in the midst of all that, was with those different soldiers, with Father Francis, in different ways. Uh, but it's a good reminder to never stop doing charitable deeds, even if it seems like those good deeds uh, return with suffering. We're always called to do the good and to overcome that evil uh, with good, you know, because Father Francis said he also had to stop, uh, you know, sometimes American soldiers who uh, were being cruel to German soldiers. And he, you know, had to remind them to never allow that uh, hatred form in their hearts. He, you know, had to remind them that they're just simply doing, uh, you know, their job in overcoming uh, an evil nation, you know, with Nazi Germany. And, you know, it's in our gospel reading today, we hear Jesus say, render to Caesar what is, belongs to Caesar and render to God what belongs to God. Again, in God's providence, that's kind of mysterious, but this was you know, almost shocking to the ancient world in which there was no separation of church and state. You know, such a concept didn't really come about for, you know, until the, the Middle Ages, really. Uh, everything was uh, basically theocrats. Even the Roman emperor was seen as a god. And yet, Christians 
we're being taught, be obedient to you, the civil authorities, even if they're pagan. Um, but the church does teach, you know, we also, just like we hear in the Acts of the Apostles, obey God rather than men. And so even though mysteriously God has allowed civil uh, leaders that authority that we ought to respect, there are also times which we also must prioritize our faith, we must prioritize obeying God. And not being, uh, giving in to, you know, some of the evil ways certain civil leaders uh, bring about. And certainly the Catholics in Germany had to do that when Hitler rose to power after being elected and then taking over. He became a tyrant, and the church does teach you ought to resist such a tyrant. And even in extreme grave cases, it says even armed resistance is allowable. Well, fortunately for the Catholics in Germany, or at least West Germany, you know, that tyrancy was not to last because German, Germany declared war on others, and so other countries like the United States and England came to help, and that especially came about through this uh, anniversary of D-Day. We remember, you know, the great victory that our country had, uh, the Allies had, but it came at a great cost. You know, almost uh, 5,000 Allied soldiers perished on this day 79 years ago. And so at this Mass of the Dead, we remember them. We also remember the Germans who also perished. It's thought to be about 5,000 to 10,000 who died on their side. And while we also pray for an end to all wars, and we pray for peace in the world, uh, we also uh, know that suffering won't end in this life completely, but we also we pray that we might come to handle that suffering as God desires, to always still love in the midst of that suffering and to join in our suffering, Christ. You know, that is the greatest teaching of the church that, you know, no other religion teaches this, not even, uh, you know, a lot of our Protestant brothers and sisters miss this, that our suffering isn't meaningless. It has meaning. Our suffering has been redeemed, and we can join our suffering by virtue of our baptismal priesthood, our common priesthood. We can join our suffering to Christ's suffering on the cross and offer it up as a sacrifice, uh, not only for the living, but even for the dead. You know, we pray for the dead, and we can offer up our intentions, our sufferings, even for the dead. And, you know, as Father Chris reminds us, God is outside time, so we can even pray for all those who died, uh, even in World War II. We can pray for a good death, that they, you know, repent uh, and are sorry for their sins before they die. And for any of those remaining in purgatory, we, we pray for them also as well. And, you know, like Father Samson or Tobit, even in the midst of that suffering, you know, we can always give thanks to God for the ways he did watch over us and maybe even laugh at sometimes the, the silliness and the ways we did suffer.
Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's divinemercyplus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.